All right, Jeff. So we got y'all hooked up. Yes, I think we're ready to go. We're uh, a little. I think we both acknowledge we may be a little light on material, but I, honestly, I think some of our better conversations come from that. Well, I'm just well, saying we I don't have, have a lot of material. What yeah. I do have is incredibly profound. Ooh, okay. So um, right. you know, I'll so prepare we'll, we'll, to be impressed so, yeah. and, and astounded. <laughs> Thank and you for listening to the Fields Brothers that. Show. Let me go ahead and do the intro yeah, since we'll be doing most of the talking here in the next little bit. <laughs> there. Welcome, everyone, to the uh, Fields Brothers Show podcast. We are so glad that you uh, are listening to us, and, and we do not take that for granted. It's amazing to us um, how many people listen to this. And what you're saying is it's amazing. Anybody listens? Is that really <laughs> what you're saying? Yeah, other than mom, we're, we're not really amazed that she listens, but other than that. <laughs> but occasionally people write or say things to us that um, – just remind us and sometimes it's people that we know you know that that's interesting every now and then people from around here that we know that we don't realize listen to us until they say something it's kind of like, oh i didn't know you actually listened to our podcast yeah, so that's kind that? of a but anyway well you do appreciate you being here uh i am jeff fields i'm here with my brother roger uh we were both in a pastoral a paid pastoral role many many years ago um, oh, by the way, Roger, I'm, I'm going back Saturday to Stanton where I used to preach for a memorial service. Oh, yeah. So good friends of ours, um, close friends away, of there, the wife. They, they After we left Stanton, they ended up moving to North Carolina, the husband and wife. The wife passed away from cancer recently. Okay. So and they had a service there, but having a, a memorial service in Stanton this Saturday. So they've asked right. me to, to do that. So we're looking forward to seeing a lot of people. It's mixed feelings, you know, yeah. sad circumstance. Um, but uh, really looking forward to seeing some folks that we haven't seen in right. quite a while. So. But anyway, back to my intro. So um, we're glad that you're here. We get together to talk about grace and just talk about what we're seeing. Uh, you know, the, the Christ, you know, knowing Christ is a lifelong, eternal discovery. And so we, we like sharing the things that we're seeing about who Christ is and what he has done and um, the grace of God and, and the impact of the cross in that. So, and if you want to email either of us, it's roger at the field's brothers.com or jeff at thefieldsbrothers.com with that i now turn it over to my brother <laughs> the one and only roger fields take right. it away roger well i guess so actually i just kind of jotted down right before the podcast i thought you know well i actually had started it you know a couple of weeks ago and then i saw these notes and i thought well let's talk about this i think one of the you know we've talked a lot about the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant mm-hmm. how they're just dramatically different and we've talked about um how the old covenant was really about pretty much about what you did for God. Mm-hmm. It was law-based, uh, the New Covenant's grace-based. And all that. But there's one other really super profound difference that we don't really hit on much. I thought of one difference. I've got one difference well, well, as well. Ahead. So, uh, well, no, do yours all right, first. All right, okay. <clears throat> so let, let's start with this. I think one of the what, things that messes people up in Christianity is if we have completely uh, misunderstood the structure of the Bible. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me start with it, all right? I won't argue. All right, so number one, the Bible is not a book. It is a library of books. Right. Okay, let's start with that, point one. Okay. Point two, the first 39 books are not the Old Testament. Or the Old Covenant, yeah. They're not the Old Covenant, Covenant or, 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 or the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Covenant, yeah. Right. They're not. Genesis is not in the Old Testament. It's right. pre, pre-Old Testament. Right. Yep, yep. Okay. So Even the old covenant didn't start until Moses, Moses brought down the covenant, well, and that so, was in that's that's well into Exodus. Oh yeah, before that, well happens. a little bit into Exodus. Yeah, yeah. Exodus twenty, I think, yeah. the Ten Commandments. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, okay. So so we've messed that up. We've mm-hmm. we've kind of said okay, we've got we, well here's what we've said. We've said we have thirty nine books Old Covenant, Old Testament, twenty seven books New Testament. 
We weren't un- we're not under the first 39. We're now under the second 27. That's yeah. kind of the way we've said this, okay? Still under a written code, yeah. just, well, a, just a right. code version 2.0 all right. type of thing. So, so first of all, we've totally m- misunderstood the first 39 books. Yep. I mean, the prophets, you know, Isaiah was not in the Old Covenant or the Old He just wrote during the time period of the Old Testament or the Old Covenant. Yeah. But Isaiah, I mean, that that is not an Old Covenant book in the sense that it was not part of the law of Moses. Right. It was not a covenant. What Isaiah wrote was not a covenant. It was an explanation of the covenant. Plus, it's also a lot of prophecies. About the I mean, would covenant. that be true of all the prophets? Yeah, all the prophets. Yeah, okay. I just use Isaiah okay. as an example. All right. right. All right. And so now, so let's start with that. Now, twenty. the last 27 books are not the New Testament for several right. reasons. Number one, the new covenant did not start until the death of Jesus. Right. Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 8, talks, 9, 10, yeah, makes talks that all clear. about that. You have to have it's a it's a will. It's a test. A testament is a will. When we say New Testament. It's like somebody's last will and testament, and well, it doesn't go into effect until, until the one that somebody dies. dies. Yeah. Somebody, okay. It's not the birth of somebody. If you, right. if I leave you my truck, you don't get the truck because I was born. If I die right. and it's in the will, then you get the truck. So right. that's the way a will works. So right. that means the gospels, for instance, are in the time period of the old covenant. Right. Okay. Some of the now, teaching he still touched on yeah. realities of the new covenant yeah. before but then, but but yeah, I right. see what you're saying. Okay. But now here's here's where I think it, it gets the the most amazing or the most misunderstood of all of this is the fact that the old covenant was written down, was written down on tablets and I guess parchment. It wasn't all tablets, the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. were on tablets, but it was written down. Mm-hmm. The new covenant is not written down anywhere. It, it says about point blank, except in hearts. You know, it's written in right. our hearts. Yeah. There, there's no, you it's know, the book of, of Romans is not the New Testament. Right. The book of, yeah. if it's not, the, it's, it's Paul's explanation Describing of life the in the New Covenant. Right. Yeah. But for instance, I love the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. It says, but you know that you are Christ's letter delivered by us. You weren't written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. You right. weren't written on tablets of stone but on tablets of the human heart. Mm-hmm. And even Hebrews talks about that. The new covenant is written down in our hearts. From the least to the greatest. Yeah, I everybody knows about that. It's yeah. written in your So the fact that the one it's not only that the old covenant was a matter of law and obligations and what you do, the new covenant is a matter of God's grace when he's done for you, that's all true. It's also a matter of the old covenant is written down, the new covenant is written in your heart. The old the new covenant is not written down on paper, parchment, stone, or anything else, it's written on the flesh. It's written in the, your heart of flesh, or your, I guess that would say, I think it's, is that in the, say the heart of flesh, or what does that say? Uh, yeah, heart, so. Human heart, human heart. I think yeah. some translations say the heart, the yeah. flesh and the heart. But anyway, on, on, as on human hearts. As opposed to stone. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to stone. So, so that in itself changes your understanding, that you're not... You know, we had the Old Testament, the first 39 books. We used to follow that. Now we follow the New yeah. Testament, the last 27 books. Well, the New Testament doesn't even start to the death of Jesus. So even if you start from Acts on, that's still not the New Testament. <laughs> right, yeah. The New Testament is written down in your heart. I mean, and so go ahead. Go I mean, ahead well, just, I, mean, I mean, I come back to Romans 7 all the time. They serve in the new way of the Spirit, not in the old way of the written code. Yeah, it's so not, it's not it's a by code. the Spirit, now, not by a, a written and there's scripture. Now, there's Scripture that is an explanation to help us understand the covenant. Mm-hmm. I believe all Scripture, I love all Scripture, all 66 books of Scripture. Love it all, okay? 
So there's scripture, but that doesn't mean scripture is not the same thing as the covenant. Right. So I would say the book of Romans is scripture. I believe it's inspired of God, but it is not the New Testament. The New Covenant, the New Testament, is written in your heart through the blood of Jesus, what he has done for us through the Spirit of God. So you think, this is not what I was going to say earlier. Hopefully I won't forget that and come back to it. But I heard a, a message the other day, um, I think on YouTube, uh, by Rick Manis, and just pointing out, you know, living by the Holy Spirit in terms of asking the Holy Spirit. And, and he, it was kind of, parts of it were funny. He's talking about all the times in our lifetimes where the, the world was supposed to end. Yeah. And he said, like, remember night, remember when we had the rapture back in 1988? Yeah, that's funny, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And then there was, you know, then there was the blood moons just a few years yeah. ago, was yeah. the, whatever, yeah. and then there was another one in between those. There's been like four. There's been a bunch every, of blood yeah. moon stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but, and, um, and he was making the point. I think he's right. He, you know, he would, and he travels a lot, and he would go around, all these people be asking him, oh, what about this? What about yeah, that? Yeah. And he said, we asked him, well, have you asked the Holy Spirit about that? And he said, you know, I, I knew they weren't going to have, you know, I knew there was nothing to these things because, you know, there never is anything to these things. You know, I just asked the Holy Not Spirit. Not yet. Now, one you day, know. one of them may be right. You well, never know. You I know. know. I, I, but, I don't think it's going to be right in the way, okay. in the way of any of these. <laughs> all right. But... You know, and so it did get me thinking about, you know, so he was saying, you know, ask the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, we have the mind of Christ. You know, we say all these things. We give lip service to all these things. Oh, yeah, yes, we yeah, have the right, mind of Christ. Right. That Christ lives in you, Roger. The Holy Spirit lives in you to lead you and guide you. But then the minute someone actually tries to live that way, we get really nervous. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and, you know, can we misunderstand things? Sure, but we can misunderstand the written right. code easily as well right right and so i mean it had got me thinking about how little we really do make use i don't know better way to say it of the the privilege the the blessing of the spirit of god a person living inside of us mm-hmm. you know our dad used to talk about living by the holy spirit you know and, and being led and things like that and I don't know, it just got me thinking more along those lines. So that dovetails with what you're saying. And that that's the new covenants by the new way of the Spirit. We have Christ living in us. We don't just have extra power to keep the written code. I think that's where you and I were both were for many years. We yeah. thought that, you know, the old covenant, now the new covenant is a little more lax on the rules. We don't have to do the sacrifices. And a yeah, but more it was only, that Plus, was the only where, place where it was lax. Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> but then, but the big difference was now we've got an internal power to keep right. these rules right. where we didn't right. before. Right. When the reality is it is not about rule keeping at all. Right. It's about knowing God and relationship with him. Now he does produce fruit in our lives and all that. Okay, what I was going to point out, so it's, I mean, it's just coming at a different angle uh, from what you were looking at, but I thought of the words... Um, decision and discovery. The old covenant's all about decision. Mm-hmm. Roger, you've got to make the right decision. Right. And you think about it, the Israelites, they made the right decision. You know, God would tell them, Moses would tell them, okay, here's what you got to do. If you do this, you're going to get blessed. If you do this, you're going to get cursed. What what the Israelites say? We will do everything. They didn't, Written but they said they, they didn't, would. but they made the right decision. Right. You know, they, oh, they I, I mean, okay. they were absolutely yeah. sincere and committed. And then Peter in the upper room, you know, I will die for you. Yeah. And I mean, was he being honest, sincere? I think so. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think he honestly thought. Yeah. But then just a few hours later, 
and so there's a lot of exuberance. Oh yeah, that, that we have, and that people in the, in the Bible have had too. And you think God just like oh boy, yeah, God must even, even Jesus, you know, even Jesus cute, yeah. when Peter said, "Oh, I will, I'll go to the, you know, I'll do all this for you." Jesus was like, "Oh, you're all right. You're going to die me three times." You know. Yeah. I wonder if Jesus kind of had to, you know, yeah. start laughing and had to turn away. Yeah, you know? like okay, <laughs> oh, Pete, okay, sure yeah. thing, Pete. Yep. Yep. But I mean, but when you know, so today. So that's decision, the new covenant's discovery. So, I mean, we can use that when you're reading a book, when you're reading a, a Facebook post, when you're listening to a sermon. Is someone, is it all about you making the right decision and what you need to do in terms of deciding, or is it about discovery, yeah. of discovering all that we already heard? I mean, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is all about decision. Mm-hmm. You got to know what's right and wrong, and then you decide to do what's right instead of wrong. Well, well, that whole process is, is the wrong I way. I agree. And a lot of it, might, it goes back to the three prayers that Paul talked about, uh, the two in Ephesians, chapter 1, and then chapter 3, and then also in Colossians, I think, 1, where he talks about what he prays for. These believers, I think it's so insightful. He never prays. I hope you guys yeah. start making the right decisions. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's like God would open your eyes to the love of God, His inheritance, yeah. it's the power. It's all discovery. Yeah. Right now, you know, He gives the direct directives later on, but not in the sense of a commandment. It's all based on the discovery. You say, okay, in light of this, yeah. You know, oh well, there's practical you know, stuff about right. how you get along with people. Yeah, but 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 the greater picture, the bigger picture. You're right. Is a discovery of who we are, what God has done for us in Christ, and what we can essentially grow into. Yeah, so so next time, folks, you're listening to a sermon thinking, okay, is this emphasizing decision or is it emphasizing discovery of um, of who we are in Christ? And, I mean, that is a lifelong journey. All right, let, me give, let me give you this thought that, that I think kind of dovetails in with this. You know, um, I love the fact that, um, you know, the prophecy in Ezekiel says, Ezekiel prophesies that God's going to give us a new heart and a new spirit. I think mm-hmm. he's prophesying with the new, new covenant. Then you get to Ephesians. Uh, chapter 4 where it says we have put on the new self created in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness an amazing statement yeah, okay read that again okay well th- this is um this is Ephesians chapter 4 actually I'll read the start of verse 22 that you put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is, is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds to mm-hmm. put on the new self yeah, right created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Our new selves is in the likeness of God. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, study no, that, statement. Yeah, amazing. I mean, that's something we just kind of gloss over. Oh, yeah, amen. Well, wait a minute. And, right, and holiness. So we, always, we don't think of holiness. We think of holiness as behavior. Right. But you're created in true righteousness and holiness. Okay, and another part about the mind, I forgot what it said about the mind. I mean, that's... Yes, yeah, so I mean, mind when this happens. Yeah, right? I mean, we, we were created it. in the image of God. Yeah. So, okay, go I ahead. Follow my train of thought here. Okay. All right, so in Colossians, then, it says that we also have put on the new self. And have, the past tense? Have. We have put on the, we past have put on the new self, new and, self? Okay. which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of his creator. So you put on the new self, but you're getting that renewed, this yeah. understanding. Yeah. Okay, so here's the other thing. I, I believe that a lot of our problems in, in, in life and in our faith and Christianity or the fact we don't know who we are. It's, oh, it's the thing that we, it's the loop in our head, we've talked about before, of the thoughts that we t- uh, tell ourselves, the things that we believe about ourselves. Right. What I mean, you believe about yourself can torment you. Oh, yeah. Torture you. Let's start, like, let's start it in the now, Garden of Eden. Watch this. So we've kind of, this, this is one of these verses that we're, 
you've read a million times and you read it again and you go, wow, that's kind of an interesting way of putting that. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, listen to this, okay, in light of all that. Okay. Although we live in the world, we don't fight our battles with... Now, oh, this is out of the, the contemporary English version, which I kind of like. I'm beginning okay. to like this, this version. Although we live in the world, we don't fight our battles with human methods or in the flesh, mm-hmm. translation say. Our weapons that we fight with aren't human, but instead they are powered by God for the destruction of fortresses or strongholds. Mm-hmm. So there's a stronghold. Okay, where are these strongholds? Now watch. There's one part of this I really like that I just had never seen before. They destroy arguments and every defense that is raised up in the opposite to oppose the knowledge of God, and they capture every thought. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's your thought life that usually torments yeah. you. That's where the battle is. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. And they capture every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Okay, now here's the verse. I never never got this verse, but now I'm, I, like, I, I like what I think I see in it now. Once your obedience is complete, we are, we are ready to punish any disobedience. Now, first of all, in this context, the disobedience, I believe, would be a disobedient thought. Okay. That's what he's all talking right. about. Okay. okay. And it doesn't say God's going to punish it. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to take it captured and we're going to punish it. Okay. Okay. So, how do we do that? So, well, <laughs> think about it. I'm just, I'm going to offer an opinion. Okay. I'm going to offer a possibility. So, when the thought comes to your head that, you know, you're just not worthy or that God's put out with you or that you're not, you but aha, gotcha. I'm capturing you. I'm putting you in jail. I'm punishing you. I'm beating you up. You're out of here. You you take kind of a a um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of an aggressive or a uh, confrontational stand okay. with these thoughts that come between you and God, because that's what this whole thing is about. Because this says that you uh, things that oppose the knowledge of God. And it's really a word that means the knowledge and experiential knowledge, your experience of God, and it can be. It can be a legalistic thought. Oh, yeah, so yeah, So we're yeah. not necessarily oh, yeah. talking about some dirty moral thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think t- primarily yes, that's what it's right, talking right. about. So, it's, oh, you, like, gotta, you, gotta, you need to do yeah, more for God. Yeah. You're not doing enough. Yeah. No, and that's you, the thought that right, needs to be right. struck down. And yeah. you, and you, but you punish that thought. <laughs> think about that. You capture it, it says. You capture us. What is, that's the word it says. They, you, they capture every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You, buddy, are going to start now being obedient <laughs> to who you are in Christ. You're, you know, in other words, you're saying, you're just some self talk. And there's a lot of places where there's self talk in the Bible. You know, Psalm, David did this. Oh, yeah. So you, you say, Lord, and I, and soul, I, yeah. yeah, and I, and so, and you make it obedient. No, that thought has now got to be obedient. And so you separate yourself from the thought that it's tormenting you and you don't let it get away with it. That, yeah, that's like really, that. that's the whole thing. Uh, you don't let it get away with tormenting you. I like that, and that, I mean, it reminds me of you know Peter put the idea in, in Jesus' head about you don't need to go to Jerusalem or something like that. You don't need to hide. And what he say, get thee behind me, Satan. I don't. So he wasn't saying Peter was Satan. Right. Satan. I think it's the word that means adversary. Yeah. So adversary can just be a thought. A mm-hmm. thought can be Satan. You know, adversarial. Yeah. And so that's where it's saying. Right. So we see those thoughts as adversarial, and yeah, don't let them. So here, I would say to somebody who's listening to this podcast, if you're a you're a believer in Jesus, you trust Him for your salvation, but you're being tormented by things maybe you've done in the past that have been wrong, uh, things you're still struggling with now, and thoughts that would say you're anything less than a totally loved and accepted child of God. Anything less than that is a thought that needs to be captured. <laughs> 
and punished. Like, you're okay, buddy. We slap yeah, the so, cuffs so on how, that. So how are we going to punish it, though? So, well, yeah, so you're you basically, you, you just let it know that you're, you're not going to get uh, away with that. Yeah. And, you, and you treat the thought as something separate from yourself. It's a thought yeah. that I believe probably came from the enemy. And you say, that's not going to stand. And so whatever you, you, you know, but that's where the battle is. It says the battle is in the, in our, Roy, our thought life. So you, a, you need to hang a punching bag here in your man cave. So yeah. every now and then you just yeah, you, you whatever. get you some exercise in the punching bag and just pretend it's now, all these thoughts as well. No, so whatever that means, you, know, you capture every thought and you punch it. It means something. Yeah, and, and thoughts that are not in line with who you are in Christ, not in line with the reality of Christ yeah. and who he's done. But, 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 it's, but see, here's what I think I get out of this. It's like I would say, okay, if something comes in my thought life that's, that's not in line with the reality of who I am, I would say, oh, that's not a good thought. Not, you know, that's not right. Well, it's a little more aggressive than that. It's like, okay, that's not going to stand. Okay, that thought is going is coming down. You're, I'm slapping the cuffs on you. We're throwing time, you in the pokey. Time for some road rage. Well, yeah, huh? we're, we're now, yeah, it's a little bit of road if, rage. If life in Christ yeah. is a journey, it's, it's, it's time a for more, road rage. It is a more aggressive <laughs> approach, and yeah. it, that's why it calls it warfare. I mean, that's what it says. The weapons of our battles. Yeah. They're internal, and I think this scripture gives us the green light to be a little more aggressive towards thoughts that are wrecking our relationship with God on a daily basis. And that, I mean, another thing I like about that, a little more different than what you're thinking, is that it, it, it involves a, a response on our part. You yeah. know, I think sometimes in the grace movement, we just, we get little couched as too passive yeah. in the sense that we're just yeah. empty tubes. It's all yeah. just Christ right. living right. through me. Right. And we, and we leave no place for, for making choices you know, decisions yeah. not in the way yeah. the old covenant was, but take, I mean, take some initiative and you still put on the there. new self. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. still make a decision that you're going to make. That is a decision. You make a decision yeah. that you're going to believe the reality of who you are. Yeah. You, you accept the reality of what Christ has done for you and what he has made you into. You know, you are a, you have a new self. You're a loved child of God and anything that would try to, to, to persuade you. Otherwise you can, Throw that thought into the pokey. Like, no. that's it's out of here. <laughs> well, we may have some listeners don't, aren't familiar with the term pokey. for That's, an, that's a term for jail. jail. It's over there for prison. prison. I mean, the idea of decision, too, is it, it's a decision, the good type of decision. It's a decision based on who we already are, not who we hope to become. Yeah. So the old covenant, you need to decide in order to become this or that, yeah. in order to get something. Yeah. Now, we already we start from the finish line. Yeah. We, we make these decisions now yeah. based on who we already are and yeah. all that. So well, that's, I, and that's what we've done. We've, we've said, you know, God is in love with some future version of ourselves. Yeah. Once we get cleaned up, he's going to like that Roger, you know, but that's not the way it works. I've thought about changing the words of that old song. It was real popular in the seventies. I have decided to follow Jesus. You know, that was great. That's the typical campfire song or yeah. revival song and all this. Uh, I have decided. I mean, so he brings people, you know, and, and I remember times like that kind of, you're kind of right on the cusp, and I thought, okay, am I gonna, am I gonna really get serious or not? And it's all about, you know, decide. And so I'm going to change the words of that. If, if I remember a group to sing, instead of "I have decided to follow Jesus," I'm going to say, "I have discovered the cross of Jesus." Yeah, I have discovered well, the cross of Jesus. Yeah, and so, the whole I mean, thing of following is not a really yeah, a new that, that's a whole other thing there. Yeah, but it's um, one little quick analogy. We're about done here, and but it would pertain to this. Um, and I forgot who I. I read someone who was quoting somebody else anyway uh says getting out of religion is like getting out of a tar pit it sticks to you even after you get out 
Yeah. You know, so even after you, even after we see these things and, and you kind of get free from that, it kind of still, it's almost like going oh. to the beach and you sand, you know, the next three weeks you're finding sand in your car and shoes or whatever. I, it sticks with you. So. Well, you know, I think they're getting, I, one of my favorite, maybe my favorite story analogy of the entire, um, you know, books in the Old Testament, not the Old Testament, but in that time period would be the whole story of the nation of Israel. And I just find the whole thing so fascinating. You know, you know what they know now, or they think now, that most of the Israelites did not leave Egypt, that not all of them left. They think some of them did not, did, just didn't want to go. I'm not sure There's I've a ever theory that. that there was over a million that stayed behind. They said, no, that's fine. We'll, we'll just stay here and make bricks. That uh, Not all of them left. Now, okay. whether that's true or not, but anyway. But, you know, God basically pushed them out of Egypt. I mean, you know, they yeah. they... You know, they were, that was kind of their new normal. And when they did get out of Egypt, and we said before, you know, it was easier for God then still to get them out of Egypt than to get the Egypt out of them. Mm-hmm. They still had this residue, even on the other side of the Dead Sea. The old Keith Green song, so yeah. you want to go back to Egypt? Yeah, that? well, they wanted to go back. and But even, yeah. what they, even when they didn't go back, they, they still thought back. that. They, still, they couldn't go back. They that's didn't go back because they couldn't go back. They couldn't go back. That's an interesting <laughs> thing, too. You know? So they were longing for all right. the, the good memories of it. Right, they, they, weren't, they couldn't go back. But they they still thought in the same patterns. They still thought the same way. They still saw themselves as grasshoppers. They still saw. They still had a mentality that was a, a really a slave mentality. You know, I mean that that is such a vivid illustration analogy. The whole thing of leaving Egypt and the Lamb of God. You know, the the blood of the Lamb. We've talked about that lately. Um, but then they still kind of had a longing to go back, and it's you know it's just it was their normal. They were in bondage. They were in bondage. They were living so far beneath what God wanted them for. They could have had the promised land. And well, that, then you know, right then they ended up wandering in the wilderness. So bondage and then barrenness in the wilderness. But um, you know, God wanted to free them from that, and so I mean, but, but I mean that that is us. so amazing though that they. It's, it's not like there were a whole bunch of prayer services going on where they were saying, "Oh God, please send us somebody like Moses to get us out of Egypt." <laughs> I mean, there's no indication that they were really wanting out of Egypt. Yeah. It was their life. They've been doing this for 400 years. That's all they knew. That was their normal. And it wasn't a great life. They had to make bricks, and they got beat up. And so occasionally, an Egyptian soldier would kill one of them if they didn't work hard enough. But that but was their life. There's a verse I remember here a long time ago in that area where, where Pharaoh or one of Pharaoh's people says they fear because he says they, the Israelites, are more and mightier than we oh, are. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they didn't realize. They just didn't know it. The Israelites oh, yeah. didn't realize that they were time, more mightier they could, than the enemy. They probably could have raised up and, and just so, taken over Egypt. Yeah. So again, it begins, what you mentioned earlier is so important. I'm going to talk about it next podcast. They didn't know who they were. Yeah. We didn't know who we don't they know who They didn't know how big are. their God they was. They didn't know all they they interpreted the entire world based on their daily experience is what mm-hmm. we do. We make bricks for Pharaoh. That's our job. That's our life. That's our world. It's not going to change. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, and uh, Moses came along, and of course, God had to drag him into the yeah, whole thing, kicking and screaming. I want to go know? back and read that now. The very yeah. first correspondence between your know, interaction like, between no, God you and don't Moses. Realize, really nobody really wanted to do that except yeah. God. I mean, nobody, you know, Moses didn't want to yeah, go. I mean, Moses Moses didn't said, I, go. I can't speak. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a good speaker. He wasn't into this. <laughs> nobody was up for this except God, and he had to drag them out of there. And then he had to close up the Red Sea so they wouldn't go back. I mean, it's almost like he's the Savior or something. Yeah, you would think, yeah. Yeah. You got anything else? Nope.
That's it for me. <laughs> it's always nice when we get some pizzazz ending after the, for the outro, but sometimes we don't. And this is it. See you <laughs> so, next week. Sorry about that. <laughs>